millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to another episode uh, of the A to Z of the 90s with me, Andy Bush, Louise Maloney over there. Uh, we're recording this one on uh, video chat on our in our two separate locations just because of schedules and that kind of thing. Uh, Louise, tell everyone what you've just said to me uh, about my appearance just before we started recording. What, was, what did you just say? I just said you look wrecked, Bush. What's the crack? Brilliant. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you for that. What a little sweetener. What a morale booster before we start talking. Well, it's just that you look like... I'm not a fan of that top. I don't know what it is, but it's gross. It's an Everton football top. Thank you very oh, much. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know anything about that, but that looks gross. And you just right. look like maybe you just got out of bed having had like an hour of sleep. I've just actually had physio. Thank you very much. I've, my back is falling apart. A big respect to all the other fellow uh, back pain sufferers. Uh, I've just gone had physio and my physiotherapist the first thing he said was did you lose a bet about wearing that shirt so <laughs> what is it about wearing a Neverton shirt that, that brings so many people to make comments about you it's outrageous it's the colours Bush they're awful and then also on top of that it's a heart oh god it's gross you show me the whole thing now through the screen <laughs> it's, um, it's gross and then also it's texture looks wrong the grey texture it- looks wrong do you know what? It's this weird thing with football shirts where um, they, they look great on the players. You think, oh, that's a cool kit. And they do the kind of product launch and they walk around them and they look really cool because obviously they're, they're professional athletes. And you buy it for yourself and you put it on, you just look like a, a fat guy in a frog suit. Well, I just think that's maybe, what I feel like. maybe, maybe wear it on a day where you don't look like a corpse. Okay, well, well, well a lovely bit of advice. Thank you for that, Louise. How, how are you doing? Are you all right? You look well. <laughs> You alright? I actually am. I'm really good. I've spent my week. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> I've spent. Don't worry. There'll be weeks where you get me back. I know you will. Um, I spent my week answering follow-up questions on the Matthew Perry dinner that came up last week. Oh my words! It's yeah. been non-stop, isn't it? It really has. So I'm going to clear up a few things now, if that's okay. 
So um, let, let's just set this back up again. You told me during uh, one of the episodes, we're talking for some reason talking about Matthew Perry from Friends, uh, aka Chandler. You've been out for dinner with him because you worked with him at one point, and then and I, I, weirdly, I was thinking about this even last night. You were saying that Matthew Perry has a starter for starter, and then he has the same starter for his main. Yeah. So I've had a lot of questions wow. on Twitter about this, okay? One of the questions was, did he look healthy when I when I had dinner with him? The answer is middle ground. Nah. Middle ground. He was it, well, it, if I'm if I'm like the the zero point here, my appearance as you've described it now, is he is he better or worse than this? So if you're zero, he's like one, one or two. A good one or a bad one. Well, okay, if you are zero and you're the worst and 10 is the best, like Leonardo DiCaprio, then he's like one, one or two. So better than, better than me then, you say? A bit better than you. Uh, only today. Any other day, you'd smash it out of the park bush. But just today, you're not at your finest. That's fine. You will come back fine, to I'm, ne- I'm never wearing... It's fine. I'm never wearing an Everton shirt again. But anyway, back to Matthew, back to Matthew Perry's starter and main. Okay, so first of all, he so he was looking okay, not amazing. He was doing... The reason we he was in London, that's another question, is because he was doing a play in the West End that he wrote and was starring in. Second question. Third question, mm-hmm. um, where did we go? We went to a restaurant called Chiltern Firehouse in London. And the fourth... Oh. The fourth most popular question... I've been asked, what the hell was the starter? How good was the starter, the tablet for a starter and the main course? And the answer is posh fried chicken. Is that, is that a starter? It didn't sound like a starter to me. It was like little, it was actually, it was like... Goujons, was it goujons? No, it was like a fried chicken-y, or maybe it was fried bread. It was a long time ago. It was... Fried <laughs> <laughs> bread. I can't remember. It, oh I, my God, please tell me you had two plates of eggy bread. <laughs> That'd be absolutely amazing, wouldn't it? It might have been. But you don't see fried bread anymore, do you? What happened to fried bread? But like Bush, we have the power to bring fried bread, fried bread back. It's not that hard to make. What happened to fried bread? Is it an? I mean, is it a nineties thing? Can we can we use this podcast, the power of this podcast, to do something about it? But it was around everywhere at one point. You couldn't go for a fry up without getting fried bread on the side. I don't feel like I haven't seen it in ages. Bush, I think my granny was making fried bread. Is that the bread that you dip in an egg and then you put in the pan? That's eggy bread. Okay, what's fried bread? Just just oil, literally oh God, just oil. No, ugh, gross. You get it in like proper greasy spoon Spoons, cafes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, the kind of greasy spoon cafe that will do a, a fry up on the menu with chips. You know, you're in a proper serious fry up place when you get chips on the side of a fry up. Do you do chips on your fry up bush? If it's there, I'll have it. Yeah. Okay. If it's there, I'll have it. Okay, well, I feel like we cleared that up now. So, well, actually, you haven't really, because you didn't know whether it was fried uh, chicken or no, no, fried no, it's, bread. No, it's Matthew like Perry. fried chicken fingers, I think. It's getting worse, isn't Great. it? The more I tell the story, the details are getting worse. It is a true story. I swear on my life, it is an absolutely true story. Now you know Matthew Perry is a big fan of chicken goujons, and that's that's just one of the many facets of the powers of this podcast. Well, let, speaking of this podcast, we are attempting to chronicle uh, every iconic thing of the 1990s in alphabetical order, and uh, we better get on with it. This week, it's H... Right then, Louise, I'm going to hit you straight with a song in the A to Z of the 1990s. H is for Hadaway, What is Love? What is Love? It's still a banger. It's still an absolute banger. We did a live DJing set at the Isle of Wight Festival in the summer just gone. 80s versus 90s with the radio show that I do on Absolute Radio. And I had in my locker uh, Hadaway, What is Love? And I didn't know whether to play it or not because I was singing... 
is this going to go all right? Because sometimes there's nothing worse if you're DJing and you play a song that everyone hates and it clears the dance floor and it's awful. But this was like a big crowd of people, so there's that chance where you might get stuff thrown at you. And I played What Is Love, and, and as soon as those initial little bars at the beginning came in, like, What is love? Mm. Baby, don't hurt me. Can you sing it at all? Don't mm. hurt me. No more. No Give more. it a go, Louise. <clears throat> what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. I don't hurt me. And no more. Nice 90s crooning there, and it kicks in and goes, and it reminds me of like lads' holidays with white chino jeans on to like Falaraki in the early 90s and stuff like that. Uh, simpler times. You know I mean, there's something about that song that elicits that memory. Do you know, actually, to be fair, if you've watched the Hadaway video, I think he's a German or Austrian fella or something like that, but he's it's such a weird video for that song. Is he's it? just like prowling around a big stately home in leather trousers, topless, but with a leather waistcoat on. Is he it's an interesting man? look. Is he a handsome man? Yeah, he's a good-looking guy. Looks like a very good-looking guy. So let's just start straight with that. In the A to Z of the 90s, H is for Hadaway. What is love? Okay, I got one for you, Bush. Go on. It was the first film I ever saw in the um, cinema. The, f- the first what, sorry? The film. first... What? How many syllables are in that? First film I've ever seen, I ever saw in the cinema, right? And we've talked about my dad on this podcast before. We know he's a weird character, quite a quirky character. Um, yeah. He came with me and uh, he ran out of the cinema because he got claustrophobic and he couldn't hack it in the dark. He got scared, ran out, never went to the cinema again. He, just before I found out what this film is, he is an unbelievably strange chap. I mean, I mean this with all due respect yeah. in that... Someone who doesn't like to be cornered or, or boxed in. He doesn't yeah. like to have to sit there and type. So, as we've talked about before, he dictates via a Bluetooth headphone that types for him. And no, now he doesn't Bluetooth. like to be boxed into. It's not some... Bluetooth. It's plugged into the uh, laptop bush. So he wouldn't be he wouldn't be down with Bluetooth. So the headset is plugged into his laptop, and he's speaking directly into it. Oh, so he doesn't like Bluetooth because there's a chance that could be intercepted by exactly. people in a van outside. Is he? In a witness relocation situation or something <laughs> that like that? That would be so cool, wouldn't it? Imagine that. Unfortunately Imagine not. That. Just, a, just a strange dude. So anyway, he ran out of the cinema during it because he got scared of the dark and was claustrophobic. Um, and the film was Home Alone. Home Alone. What an iconic movie that is. What a great Christmas film that is. So it came out in November 1990. 1990? Is that too many of them? That's technically a year, yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, obviously I watch it now every Christmas since. Do you watch it every Christmas? If it comes on the telly, like I don't download it and go to watch it, but if it's on the telly in December, I will sit down and watch the whole thing. What I like about those films from uh, early 90s, late 80s, it, like chucking in, say, Ghostbusters and stuff like that in there as well, clearly we, we, were, we were more uh, fortified back then in that we could put up with worse stuff because films back then are way more scary. There's way more bad language and uh, slightly inappropriate stuff like Ghostbusters. There's some bits in Ghostbusters because we're watching it with our middle daughter, Thea. Uh, there's some quite kind of scary and adult themes in there that, you know, you never thought about that as a kid when you were watching it back then. I'd say the same for Home Alone. Some of the language is a little bit blue and some of the things that happen like ultra-violent, isn't it? Yeah, but it's made us who we are, Bush. Look how, look how we're ready for anything these days. We're not of the snowflake yes. generation. Is that, is that unfair to say? Are they a snowflake generation that came after us? Um, I, admit, I don't know. Are they a snowflake generation? I'm not too sure. I do feel like we, we could handle uh, more intimidating baddies... Uh, you know, you think about the early bits of Star Wars, episode one of Star Wars A New Hope, uh, the first Star Wars movie. Essentially, uh, the stormtroopers commit genocide and kill an entire colony of Jawas and just burn them 
out in the uh, in the desert and that's just that's just fine in star wars but i don't know whether you get that in a disney pixar movie nowadays it's a great movie it's going straight on the list in the a to z of the 90s h is for home alone well now someone uh, called the other twin on twitter has suggested a thing that we may have picked up on in a previous episode maybe last week but i don't know whether we mentioned it or not because i never know whether i'm coming or going do you know what i mean he says uh, even though it's not technically the first letter in the first word uh, global hypercolor t-shirts can you mention that please for h okay explain them to me bush Global hypercolor t-shirts, being in the tail end of the 80s, big at the beginning of the 90s, an inexplicable trend where you had a tie-dye day glow shirt that might have been somebody you might find at Fat Willy Surf Shack from a previous episode. <laughs> but the weird thing was it about it was that uh, um, if you had heat on your body, it would change the color of the shirt. Have you heard of such technology? That sounds incredibly embarrassing. Does that not just show everyone that you're, you're a bit sweaty? Well, this is the thing. I can't believe it because you know how embarrassing everything is when you're like 12, yeah. 13, 14, 15, that kind of stuff. Why on earth would you want to go and pluck up the courage to go and try and chat up a girl and then for her to see a heat map of every bit of your body that's sweating cobs because <laughs> you're bricking it? What about that? I can't imagine it. Like, Why were we doing that? Like everything is embarrassing at that age. So like so every sort of natural bodily function is embarrassing at that age. So sweating, um, you know, hair where you hair. believe there's not supposed to be hair, but there is hair there anyway. Um, I just can't believe you'd ever want to draw attention to this. Like hair. Can you think back to that era? Pubic hair was just awful, wasn't it? I, was I remember that. No one hair. told me about it. No one ever. Oh, oh, what were you thinking about? Leg hair. Like I didn't I go straight hair, right, for the jugular there. Like you know. But no one. I felt like I never got the leaflet about that. It just kind of came out of nowhere. I was like, what the hell's what's going on here? Did no one ever tell you about that? So you just saw one, and you were like, what on earth is wrong with me? Was that what? Is that what just happened? Came out of nowhere. Yeah. What's going on? Did Nigel ever give thing. you a little sort of lucky seed that you know of what your future held? Do you know what, right? I'm going to be completely honest with you. I've never had any form of um, birds and the bees chat with my parents. I'm going to say this quiet because my uh, eldest daughter is in the other room mm. playing a Nintendo Switch. It's school holidays. Uh, the only chat I've had with my mum is about if you... She warned me and my brother that if you, you know... <whistles> you know... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I'm hooked. I'm like, okay, go on. Um, hand Shandy, mm -hmm. uh, you go to heaven. You go, not go to heaven, you go to hell. You'll kidding. go to hell. If you had, a, if you did a hand shandy, that's so go to, go Go to hell. Christian upbringing, Catholic upbringing for you. Because I think in the boys' schools where I was, it was like if you, you know, give yourself a handshake, um, you go yeah. blind. Yeah, I'm sure she would have chucked that one in there as well. But it was mainly uh, skip any of the medical stuff uh, straight to going to hell. Go past purgatory, bang, straight into hell because of that. Quick question for you, Bush. Did it stop you doing it? No, I'm going straight to hell. I've already booked my place. <laughs> Uh, in the A to Z of the 1990s, H is for global hypercolour t-shirts. Okay, I got one for you, Bush. Um, so I'm going to throw this in. I did mention it last week. It's incredibly, incredibly important. And it needs a segment all of its own on this, uh, um, on this pod. And that is Harry Potter. Ah, Harry Potter. So Harry Potter first came about in 1997. Now, the, the issue is that was a very, very long time ago, right? We're talking 25 years ago, Bush. However, Harry Potter is still very much in my day, day life because every night when I go to bed, I read my book in bed. Right. What were you going to say there? just saying what are you like 11 what are you reading harry potter no, no, no i'm not reading harry, harry potter, potter i'm reading like you know a novel which is fine or whatever the hell i'm reading and then i put my headphones in and i listen to harry potter 
audiobook being read by Stephen Fry every single night for the last few that's, years. I can imagine that's quite a homely thing. He's got such a lovely chocolatey voice, isn't he, Stephen Fry? But it's like Valium to the ears. I cannot tell you how much it relaxes me. Any sort of anxiety, like we've spoken on this podcast before, any sort of like yep. Sunday night fear, oh my God, I'm getting into their working week tomorrow. Stick them in. I ha- see, I have an eye mask as well. So the eye mask goes on, the headphones go in and I wear like a jumper to bed. It's it's all a bit strange. I wear like loads of clothes and like loads of blankets on the bed and then I go to sleep and I'm in Harry Potter world. Louise, first of all, can I just speak on behalf of your other half here, right? So he's getting into bed with you. You've got headphones, eye mask, um, Stephen Fry in your ears, mm. five or six blankets on top of you. You look like you're being moved to Guantanamo Bay as part of a rendition thing from, uh, you know, the, the, the late 2000s. What's what, what's with that kind of bedtime look? It's just very, I have a very specific, I have very, you know, in my 20s, I would fall asleep at a house party on a sofa, on a speaker. It didn't matter. Since I hit my 30s, it's an absolute nightmare. I need a very specific temperature, a very specific pillow, a very specific atmosphere. Everything has to be a certain way. I have to have gone through my room routine of taking my makeup off you know all that kind of stuff my my cream couple of hours that i guess like, it? totally my creams my this my that my the other my flossing get into bed have to be in a certain pose always facial on the right hand side always arm under my head oh my stretched word. out like I'm, I'm i want something harry potter in the ears do you know what if, if anyone listening to this has read brett easton ellis's american psycho uh, the murderer guy in that describes his uh his shaving routine and it's not dissimilar to how you <laughs> describe the way you get in bed <laughs> And and just, sorry, going back to the Harry Potter thing, did you know, I don't know if I've told you this before, but my other half, Katie, was in the first Harry Potter movie. Stop it right now. You've never told me this. I've just put the, she's got her pay sheet from Warner Brothers Studios or whoever it was that made the movie. Uh, And we've just put that, framed it and put it on the wall with her cast calling time and all that kind of thing, because um, it was filmed in Annick where she went to school. So her school uh, made up the kids that were in Hogwarts. So in a lot of the school scenes, Katie Sigorski is walking around in the background. What about that? That might be the coolest thing I've ever heard. That is insanely cool. Did she ever meet any of the cast or like J.K. Rowling? Uh, she met the cast, I think. They were they were very friendly with them and all that kind of stuff because obviously they filmed in Annick, mm. which is a little tiny, lovely little town up in Northumberland for, uh, what, a couple of months. But uh, what a great thing. She got paid £35 for each uh, bit that she was in, which I think the going rate for a kid in the uh, in the early 90s was an amazing thing. Oh my God, Bush, I absolutely love that. Hats off to her. I would say though, like before the films came out, I got so incredibly lost in the books. Is it something you're going to do with your kids? Is it something you're going to do with Thea? Do you know what? I want to read them. I've never read them. So uh, when when Thea, she's only four at the moment. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
he gets to that age where, what age do you think kids can understand, like, you know, wizards and magic and stuff like I, that? I think I go in early enough, like seven or eight, pr- because the earlier books are quite innocent. Okay. They get a bit more scary as they go on, but I think she'll be ready for it at seven, eight, nine. Well, the last thing she rented from the library was about Peppa Pig. So I'm, I'm ready for the change up, to be <laughs> honest with you. So uh, there you go. In the 80s out of the 90s, now we know Louise's bedtime routine. H is for Harry Potter. Right, let's have a clip now. Uh, someone has sent us a little voice note, a, a, a beloved listener to this podcast, the A to Z of the 90s. Uh, Richard Buxton, who is a football journalist, uh, tweets and writes a lot about my beloved Everton Football Club, whose shirt you've taken the mickey out of quite uh, a lot since we started so far in this episode, uh, Louise. But Richard has got a fantastic thing, beginning with H, that he would like to put forward. Take it away. Hi, Bush and Louise. It's Richard. I think Hooch has to be on the list for the 80s of the 90s because it was a quintessential 90s brand. You saw it everywhere. Bus stops, football stadiums, pubs, you name it. Um, a bit of an acquired taste, but I was an underage drinker swiping them from the family table, so probably not the best judge of character on that one. Um, love the pod. Keep up the good work. See you soon. So there you go. Uh, thank you, Richard Buxton, journalist. If you want to get uh, in touch with a suggestion, all you've got to do is drop me a little tweet at Bush on the Radio. Hooch, do you remember drinking hooch when you were uh, in the 90s, Louise? I got to say, Bush, I didn't have my first drink till late in the 90s, and it was a Bulmer okay. cider. Uh, so the hooch Ooh. thing, the hooch thing passed me by completely. So explain to me, what's it taste like? What's it like? Lemony, kind of lemony. Uh, it just tasted like a really nice Fanta lemon that you might have when you're on holiday. Weirdly, you don't see Fanta lemon anywhere else, do you? It's only when you go to like Greece and stuff and you're having for a panini uh, by the pool. Uh, and it, it, it channels that kind of feeling. Also, you only ever see hooch when you are watching weird international football. Like um, I, I was watching England play like a weird like warm up uh, qualification game. Um, about a year or so ago hadn't heard of Hooch for ages and, and whoever's stadium they were playing in in like Belgrade or somewhere had Hooch all the way around the ground like as, uh, in the advertising and you just don't see it these days so it might be I don't know whether it's made a comeback but it'd be good to see Hooch back in the stable of things that you can pick up to have a, a shandy on the way home from work do you know what I mean? So it's like a Fanta Lemon did you say? Fanta Lemon but with an alcoholic twist in there Gotcha And so if it was back around Is this something you'd have in your house? Would you have it on a barbecue On a Sunday afternoon or? I think so It reminds me of those trainee drinks From back in the day Like Mad Dog 2020 You know stuff that's got Like a real strong taste That you get into drinking through Although I remember I did a year abroad in America In 97 And uh, one of my good friends Antonia uh, Used to drink hooch with uh, gin and just having nights out with girls, as I remember nights out with girls back in that era, that's a bad combination <laughs> for end of the era, end of the evening kind of cry, kicking off, but then all fine the next day. Do you yeah, know what I mean? What is it about gin? What is it about gin in you lot, Louise? Do you know what I mean? I, don't, I actually don't mind gin too much. What I find is Lady Petrol is white wine. And I feel like whenever I drink white wine, it's like the time I told you I drank white wine and got that chipper closed down. Do you remember the chip shop? I got shut down yes. because I basically <laughs> ransacked it after a whole day of day drinking white, white wine. Um, I think white wine is, is the devil. And I also think I used to um, mix my vodka. This is back in the day when I was going to a club and I needed to play catch up. I would mix my vodka with Prosecco. That would be the mixer. Wow. And couple of them and I would be flying. So I, I, I think gin, I think it's whoever you are, but I think for women, the Lady Petrol is white wine. Lady Petrol uh, is the uh, phrase of this week's podcast uh, in the A to Z of the 1990s. Thank you, Richard Buxton. H is for hooch. Okay, so we can't really mention the 90s without mentioning Hanson. You remember Hanson? 
I saw them on telly the other night. They were they were on like a talk show no and came on and did Mbop. Yeah, and they still kind of looked kind of looked pretty good, I think. Well, it's funny you should say that because they were three brothers and they came out with arguably one of the most catchiest tunes of the 1990s, Umbop. And I don't think they really did anything else after that, or maybe they did, but I would consider them one hit wonders, singing an incredibly catchy song. And I think that was that number one for many, many, many months, wasn't it? It was It was such a huge song from the 90s. It really was. And I don't. I, I think you're right. I don't think they did any more songs. You might be able to put us right. If you, if you uh, know of the Hanson back catalogue and and uh, we're doing them wrong by not mentioning it here at Bush on the radio on Twitter. Um, were they like um, fundamentalist Christians or something? Was there something going on there with like a Latter Day Saints or something like that, or dressed as uh, you know people from the nineteen thirties playing? They had a like smell of cult off them, didn't they? They did. I feel like they were being held hostage maybe by one of their parents or maybe forced to do it, go back out there and do it again if it wasn't good enough. I feel like it it felt like, I don't know, I think whenever I see families performing together in a music environment, you always know there's like a really harsh mother or father in the background, don't you? Like with a hot poker, just poking them to do it again. The Jacksons. What's his name? The Jackson's dad. He was a, a bit of a bit of work, wasn't he? Absolutely. And I remember actually, um, I re- reading recently that Beyonce's father was her manager back in the day, right at the very beginning at Destiny's. Challenge. Barry Knowles. Is that What's his, his name? name? Barry. It's not. I don't Barry. know. Something Knowles. It's something. Barry Knowles. <laughs> but anyway. I'm Beyonce's dad. My name's Barry Knowles. Nice to meet you. They sing and everything. They did a brilliant, absolutely brilliant year for yourself in a minute when they start singing. <laughs> but he used to make her sing while she was running on a treadmill to make her fit. Oh so that would mean when she was when she had to do dance uh, choreography she'd be well able to do it because she was used to running on a treadmill while singing. It sounds like um uh, Venus and Serena Williams' exactly. dad obviously is that Will Smith movie out about and sometimes you need that kind of toughness to get people, you know, obviously they'll always see respect and thank him for what they've done but at the time they probably think like dad give me a break for crying out loud. One other thing about Hanson, uh, this is having seen them on telly a couple of uh, about a week or so ago. The older brother was a bit gawky like uh, puberty mm-hmm. was exploding on him, wasn't it? Teeth, <laughs> hair, monobrow, the whole thing, pubic hairs as we were talking about a bit earlier on. And then there was like the, there was the one on the drums that was so small he was like a newt a little mm. tiny baby and then there was the kind of cuter other brother wasn't they wasn't they yeah the front singer the now lead everything's singer, yeah lead singer now everything's changed now hansen 2022 um the the elder one looks the real deal he looks quite suave Does actually he? he settled into his own body and now the cute one that was the lead singer i don't know i feel like he's uh sometimes when you're cuter at a younger age that doesn't pan out into later life he looks a bit like claire balding Oh, no. He does. That's he a, looks like Claire Balding. That is a terrible comparison for that poor guy. I just can't believe they're booked on a talk show in 2022. Like, what on earth do they have to talk about? He, they, they literally must hate that song. Oh, oh my God, no. they must hate that song. I know. But God bless them. In the A to Z of the 1990s, H, or H, however you want to say it, with your posh or common as much like I am, is for Hanson. Now, uh, Griff has suggested on Twitter that we must talk about H from Steps. Oh, yeah, we have if we're going to do we? the 80s out of the 90s. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know the guy. I, I think I might have interviewed him back in the day when we used to do a lot of um, pop music concerts and stuff in Bristol on a previous radio station. Um, even back then, I remember him being, let's just say, to be polite about H from Steps, he's effervescent, isn't he, Louise? <laughs> He is. I think he's on Celebrity Gogglebox at the moment. I think that's where I've seen him lately. Um, yeah, he definitely stands out. He's the only one I remember from that band. Um, so there's a reason for that, isn't there? Why is he the one that stands he's out? He's the only one out of the whole of Steps is the only one you remember. Yeah. Uh, okay, hang on. Um, Claire Richards, is she in that? 
Claire, there's one called Claire. A blonde one, yeah. Faye. There's one called Faye. Okay. Is that the one Rachel Stevens is in? Uh, no, that's S Club 7. Oh, okay. You see, I can't, they're interchangeable to me. Different paramilitary organisation. <laughs> uh, the only other one I remember from Steps was, uh, and I, this is only because it's an Everton thing, an Everton theme running through this week's podcast, is Lee Latchford Evans, and his middle name is Latchford because his dad's an Everton fan, and Bob Latchford was his dad's favourite player. So even though I, I'm not a fan of your music, Lee Latchford Evans, but I like your middle name. Fair enough. Now, I always get H confused with, do you remember Red Dwarf? Obviously quite big in the 90s as well. Yeah, I've seen it, yeah. Uh, and there there was a character in Red Dwarf with a uh, silver H on his forehead because I think he was like a like a creature. <laughs> I always think that that's the first thing that comes into my head when I think of H from Steps, and that's clearly not him. That's someone from Red Dwarf. I wonder where again. H- I don't have the details to fill this kind of fill in the blanks here, but I apologise. Where, where did H get the name from? What's his actual name? Is it coming from his actual name? It's Ian something or other, isn't it? So I don't know where it comes from. Oh, I've got no idea. That's annoying, isn't it? But like, you know, have you ever seen him in an interview? I think if I was on a long train trip with him, I'd strangle him in the toilets. <laughs> Ian, mate, I think you left your mobile phone in here. <laughs> Just stop talking. Give me a break, put your earphones in. But Sorry, Ian. I, I feel like you're not the only one to feel that way, Bush. Have you killed Wait, him there? Sorry, one done? second. I okay, everything right? I really wish everyone... Ian's just got... Ian had to, Ian had to jump off of that stop, so uh, sorry about that. I really wish uh, you could have seen that. That was amazing. Bush did a whole strangling scene for me on Zoom. Absolutely Was it, was it a good strangling? Absolutely How am stunning. I as a strangler? It's just so good. Uh, in the 80s, of the 1990s, RIP, H from Steps. People are going to think he's dead now, Bush. He's still alive, everyone. Uh, one other one just to chuck in, Louise, for you here, because you've brought up footwear on a number of occasions during the course of this podcast. Uh, in the 80s, and the 1990s, a lot of people saying H needs to be for high-tech trainers. What's your uh, view on yeah, high-tech? Yeah, yeah. So um, I don't remember the trainers, but I remember the sport leisure wear, as it's called now. Um, I remember the oh. T-shirts and stuff like that. It's not something I ever wore, but it's definitely something my Irish cousins and stuff would have worn back in the day, 100%. I would say you would ask your mum and dad for either Puma or or uh, Nike in the 90s, and then my mum would go and get us something like high-tech, mm. and he'd be like, Mum, I can't wear this. I'm going to get murdered. So, you know the you know the brand Under Armour? Yes. Is that the, 200, is that the 2022 equivalent of high-tech? I don't know. And the high-tech was just specifically, uh, I think they were very big in the uh, shoe market, very big in the... Uh, on the schoolyard, get gobbed on it, chuck it in the bin, uh, bag market, high-tech bags. And I, I believe bags from that era as well. Maybe this is high-tech or head, actually, but do you remember there was a thing, that, a, a ponchon in school bags for having a uh, like a normal bag with a strap on it, and you could take off, like a unzip, like a little handbag to take around yes. with you. Like a weird water bottle that you'd have on your shoulder if you were crossing the American plains in the 1800s. But for some reason, they thought it was a good thing for kids and at school as well, but um, I feel like <clears throat> I feel like uh, that was a real affordable sportswear back in the day, and I feel like it wasn't. It just it wasn't hitting the mark with style. Am I right in saying that? One hundred percent. Very functional. Quite a lot of greys, dull Crazy. tones. Where you wanted the brightness of Nike and, and, and Puma. I mean, I do remember from this is probably more late eighties, but we asked my mum for. Um, me and my brother wanted Nike trainers, and she got us Nicks. You ever heard of Nicks? Oh. It's like a knockoff. It's Scouse family, man. We used to get loads of knockoffs. Like, I mean, I've mentioned it before, but my nana got me and my brother Calvin Club boxer shorts <laughs> from Birkenhead Market. That's amazing. It's awful. 
Calvin Club. Have some have some self respect for crying out loud. Uh, but but anyway, we, we've we've had a lot of uh, you know a running theme of uh, footwear. BK trainers not that long ago. Was it British British Knights? Oh, not into them. In the eighties, the nineteen nineties, H for high tech. Okay, so I'm going to throw in two things together here, Bush, because they're both small things. And the first right. thing I'm going to throw in is Hotmail because we've talked about it in a previous episode. We talked about the invention of email and whatnot. We all know that I will not move on from my Hotmail account. I still have it. It's the one you still use for me to this day. So when you're emailing me, you email me to my Hotmail account. Yeah. Like I said, I'm often hacked. But that's just the price I'm willing to pay to keep the Hotmail account. You are. I've got a collection of people that I can think of in my mind right now that I'm that are people that you always get spam emails from. You're one of them. <laughs> my colleague on Absolute Radio, Sarah Champion, is the other one. And you always get this, hey, lols, I saw this video and thought of you. Click the link. It's like you've been hacked again, Sarah, for crying out loud. Or you get like a, an offer for free shoes. Can't believe how cheap these shoes were with a Z. So being hacked again. I love Sarah Champion, so I'm in good company there, okay? And you are. the very, very last thing I'm going to throw in is hubba bubba bubble gum. Wow, I've not thought about that in absolutely donkey's years. At one point, it was like quite the sport to be able to get a bigger bubble than anyone else. Totally. I absolutely loved that in the 90s. I don't think it was invented in the 90s. I think it came way before that. But it was definitely something I was picking up in the corner shop in the 90s, pink hubba bubba. Do you know the weird, weird you say that? We went out into town yesterday because it's school holidays at the moment. So my eldest daughter, Erin, uh, into Covent Garden to have a walk around before we went into work in London. And she stood in, in her brand new trainers, stood in a great big dollop of pink hubba no, bubba. Oh, Bush. Do you remember standing? Because you don't stand in chewing gum like you used to back in the day now, because not that many people are using it. But um, it was one of those ones where she got like almost three steps before it kind of snapped her back. That's how strong that stuff was. Stuck her back to the actual pavement. So it's still going strong. Maybe maybe some Italian tourists have come over with it and been chewing away doing big bubbles. Interesting. It's so interesting you say that because I stood in chewing gum a couple of weeks ago. I think the heat wave made all the chewing gum really sticky right and i came home and i stuck oh, the shoe yeah. in the freezer and then i chipped off the chewing gum the next day and i thought that was an inspired idea i made it up in my head and i thought it was inspired i can imagine you doing that and then getting straight into your incredibly elaborate bedtime routine that takes what clearly an hour and a half two hours absolutely love it some other quick ones just to wrap things up uh, a lot of suggestions for Huita's uh, Huita I can't say his name there was a goalie in the 90s called Huita and he did this thing called a scorpion kick in a game between England and Colombia I believe it was a friendly it was 1995 uh, thanks to Colin for suggesting this and basically it was in tracky bottoms now the number one rule normally Louise is never trust a goalkeeper that wears tracky bottoms rule number two never trust a goalkeeper that wears tracky bottoms also got a short sleeve shirt it's a bad combination they're cursed he had both of these and he had the audacity to block a shot a long-range shot that had come in by doing this thing called a scorpion kick where he floated in the air and then hit it with his heels. Oh my God, that sounds very impressive. Isn't that impressive? And then he became a legend, even though I think he was a fairly average goalie. One That, that one bit of showmanship made him quite an icon of the 90s. So thanks for sending that one in. Uh, Sarah says, you've got to mention Hugh Grant and Divine Brown. Do you remember that iconic <gasps> photo? Oh my God, of him in the car. Yes. Yeah, going back to what my mum was saying earlier on, he's definitely going to hell. And then finally, uh, Eden on Twitter says, uh, do you remember the programme How To? With, I believe, Fred something or other, uh, Carol Vorderman and Gaz Top. Do you remember How To? They looked into how things are done. <laughs> Was the two an actual two? Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, I can picture it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
quality bit of telly from the 90s. Well, listen, we've, we've pretty much run out of time. Thank you again for all of your help. If you want to send in a voice note, we'd love to get you on the, the, uh, the podcast doing your thing. All you've got to do is drop me a little message at Bush on the radio. Uh, Louise, next time we are back, it's going to be I. I always have a problem with the alphabet when I'm trying to work it out of my head, but we're going to be looking at I. Maybe this is the one where we finally stumble, because at the moment we're going great guns. It's so far so good, don't you think? It's all brought to us by you guys. Um, I love their suggestions. Stuff I would never have thought of. And some incredible people on Twitter just giving us a whole list of stuff. Like, these guys are geniuses. Thank you so much for your input. Keep it coming. Uh, The brilliant Ross Ramsey-Golding is the producer of this podcast, and we will be back next week. You've been listening to the A to Z of the 90s with Andy Bush and Louise Maloney, who takes ages to get into bed. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.